0: I am here with Vic again, and we have an announcement to make. Vic, Hello. Go ahead and uh, tell our audience that what is the plan for Tuesdays, except the happy hours at the bar in the neighborhood.
1: <laughs> yes, we are. We are. You and I are developing Tuesdays, Tuesday nights with Vic, I believe. Yes. Tuesdays with Vic. Yeah, my group thinks that's that's really cool, and they've been enjoying the podcasts and everything.
0: Good, so and we're going great. to discuss different topics. Vic, hopefully, will be able to read from the uh, Human Extinction book for us and discuss some of those subjects. I look forward to every Tuesday, Vic.
1: Oh, me too. Me too. Yes. And okay. I try to gather up my information to get as much as possible to to the uh, listening audience and to you. So that's always on that's always on my mind.
0: Awesome. Okay, so I think you have a few things that you want to get out of our way before we get to the subject of this week.
1: Yeah, let's get some things clarified. I mean, it's, it's not really too bad. It's just things that I have made mistakes on. So sure. and, I'm, and I know my group's going to be listening to this one as podcast 3.0. And uh, if there's anything that I screw up on this one, they'll send me emails and say, oh, you forgot about this or you forgot about that. So <laughs> that works out for me pretty well. No, too. But um, the first one here is um, I wanted to clarify when I was talking about Chris's last two books, in our first podcast, I was so nervous, uh, that are for sale. I mentioned the Anunnaki plan and or the human plan, which is the, his next to his last book. And then his last book is Synthesis. And as I was chatting on, I was like, Synthesis plan, and that is not the name of the book. So that was a little embarrassed when I heard that. So yeah, it's Anunnaki plan or human plan and Synthesis. Those are his last two books. Those books are still for sale. Which leads me to something else. With all of the books that I've got of his and with uh, Chris's permission to read whatever I see fit, I am going to make it a point not to read from his last two books simply because if there is anyone that wants to know what's inside of those books, they still have them for sale.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So I, That's so fair. I, would, yeah. I
1: would rather not take that information away from him and just read it aloud when he still got it for sale. And anybody can go to my site and, and follow the instructions and get either one of those books.
0: Are they going to ship these books from his location, or you will ship those books?
1: No, they would come. They would come directly from him and his wife, oh, okay. and they're in Wales. They're in Wales, and I've got the instructions for both books if they want okay. to get those. Okay. The, The second thing is I talked of the 13 races in the universe, and I neglected to follow that up, that there are other souls. Because as I was listening to myself, I was like, it sounded like there are only 13 races in the universe, except for Mother Earth being her own soul. And that's not entirely true. I mean, I did go through some steps to say that all of the planets were souls of themselves. The sun were souls. But there's also the center of our galaxy is a soul. In and in soul and consciousness, if you say soul and or consciousness, they're pretty much interchangeable. Um, many solar systems themselves are souls. We are unique with all the planets being individual souls and the sun being an individual soul. But a lot of, of systems out there, mm-hmm. there's one soul that runs their entire solar system. So that's, that's a pretty big soul, like, like what I told you about valus. Uh, The one that took over Adam Vesop, Uh Um, he was a solar system sized soul. And then there are 13, this is another uh, key piece of information. There are 13 beings that make up the universal envelope. Our universe is shaped like a football or a rugby ball. So Mm -hmm. there are 13 very large beings. They are individual souls, but they work together as a group and they maintain the integrity of our universe. So that was something that I left out whenever I okay. was talking about that. So I just wanted to say the thirteen races that I mentioned are not the only life in the universe.
0: <laughs> I see. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. The third one is when I was mentioning the Vilon leaving their solar system. I incorrectly said they were leaving the universe. No, they're part of our universe they have since been moved to a solar system that is outside of our universe that is adjacent or connected to our universe. But when I was talking about them leaving their solar system and coming to our solar system, I said they left their universe. So that was incorrect. I wanted to clear that up. Okay. The fourth one is when I was talking about Roswell, I said, Chris told me, and I went on chattering on about Roswell. Chris has never told me anything other than Email exchanges via my global group. So I have, as I've stated before, I've never spoken directly to Chris. We've never met face to face. We've never directly exchanged emails. My emails go through my global group. So that mm-hmm. was incorrect. I'm, I was chattering on. I was nervous. I was talking about Roswell. I was excited. And I said, Chris told me. No, he didn't. I didn't wanted
0: to clear that up. I appreciate you being so diligent and so accurate about all these things. Thank you.
1: This man has granted me the ability to read his material. And I do not take that lightly in the slightest because this is his work. This is his energy coming through his knowledge, the energy following through his arm, through his hand, through the pen, into the paper. It carries a signature. I cannot do anything that would negate his information in any way. So, if I make mistakes, I I expect my group to call me on it. I would expect Chris Thomas to call me on it. And if I catch it listening to myself, I'm going to call myself on it and let you know immediately. So, that's where we are
0: with that. Thank you.
1: The fifth one, the last one is, I stated that Earth raised her frequency in March of 2000. I kind of got that messed up. It's actually May of 2000 when she raised her frequency. It was 7.65 hertz originally and then she raised it but I got that totally wrong and as I stated to the email to you I said but in my defense they both start with M." (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but it was May not March
0: okay two months not a big deal
1: okay so
0: it was 7.6 gigahertz
1: yeah originally her original frequency um a lot of people refer to it as the Schumann resonance but her original frequency was 7.5 7.65 7.65 hertz.
2: Hertz. Wow. Hertz.
1: That, that was her cycle. That, that mm-hmm. was her frequency cycle, 7.65 7. hertz. That right there was what it was that we discovered the problem was and why we put ourselves into the 7,000-year plan to start with is because we were trying to figure out why we kept losing our higher brain functions, our abilities, our, our telepathy, our ability to translocate, and bilocate, and all these other things. And we finally got our answer. And when we got the answer, she started raising her frequency. And she's had to do it like stair steps because so many Mm -hmm. of us have been asleep for so long that if she had gone from 7.65 all the way up to 3,500, like overnight, it would have killed a lot of people.
0: It completely makes sense. And you... I'm sure you felt it, many other people felt it, and I don't know what was the requirement to feel this thing, but I know that I can feel it. Something has changed.
1: Well, the thing about the year 2000, though, is the Y2K thing. Everybody uh-huh. was freaking out. I mean, all the the, the computers are going to crash. They're all going to die. The computers won't be able to I reset. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was freaking yep. out. So any frequency rise that Mother Earth would have attempted to do in two thousand, unless you were particularly sensitive, uh, had psychic abilities, you may not have even noticed it. I know I didn't. I didn't happen to notice anything myself personally as far as any energy frequency uh, rising. Of course, now my group will probably tell me that it may have something to do with the Earth raising the frequency very slowly instead of just, you know, jacking us all up at 35. That's what I was going to say. Everybody yeah. freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that may have been it. But I know that if there were those that knew that the frequency could feel the frequency going up around 2000, the majority of us wouldn't have paid any attention to it because everybody was freaking out over Y2K and the
0: computers. Exactly. Yeah, there was a huge distraction then. hmm
1: But okay. uh, we… Is it, is
0: really it, a still, a, a, is it still with the new frequency or has it changed? Do we know?
1: Have, have we gotten all the way up to 3500? I really mm-hmm. don't know. Okay. I honestly do not know. Um, I know we were headed in that direction. Um, I've got a couple of global members, maybe three of them, that are are dowsers. Um, they might try to to douse and see what the frequency is now, but um, I'm not entirely sure. I would have to I'd have to follow up with them okay. to find out about that if okay. they knew. Oh yeah, in our discussion, um, mm-hmm. in our discussion in our last email, I had a one member that corrected me on something in the second podcast that it says it's Gaia that earth, that earth does not like yes. That's the name that God, that the that, uh, earth doesn't like. And that uh, you were asking me about how, how the, how the aliens talk to her or how, how some of the people here on the planet talk to her. And uh, his response was earth uses telepathy to make her wishes known and barring the V-Lon. So it, the, the aliens, they, they just talk to her. I mean, it's, it's, it's a telepathic communication. And with Earth. Yes. In fact, Chris had a telepathic communication with her. I mean, he could talk to her as well.
0: I confess I never imagined or heard or studied anything about Earth in that respect, that it communicates with you through telepathy or any other methods, but... As soon as you mentioned that, we we all talk about yes, Earth is alive. So if it's alive, it communicates. It communicates with those they live on it. And it, it hit me really hard. It was a wake-up call for me that yes, we have to listen to Earth, Mother Earth. And and here's a little uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to digress, tell you a story. You heard of Sinbad, right? Yeah. So in one of his journeys, probably you know this story, in one of his journeys, they are drifted in the seas and for months and months they don't see any land and finally they see a land, they're excited, they get off their ships, they go to this land, <clears throat> they say, oh, there's trees and everything else and they start a fire. And after a while, the Earth starts shaking and moving, and they realize that, oh, my God, we are on the back of this humongous whale or sea creature, whatever it is. So that story came to my mind after we talked about Earth. And I said, that is us. We are on the back of this creature. It's alive. And we're living with this creature. We have to understand and respect it. Otherwise, we all will be drowned.
1: It's, it's a symbiotic relationship. With it her, is yes. a
0: symbiotic relationship.
1: She yeah. loves having us here. And we've been here on the planet for so very long a time that we have some symb- symbiotic relationships like with our pets. Uh, people talk to their plants. Yeah. And there are some people that are highly psychic that have the ability to, to see the fairy or see the she, although some of them, you know, most of them have backed off just waiting for humanity to finally wake up. But there are some that can still see them.
0: Yes, I I agree. I agree. I come from a culture that they people strongly believe in these things, especially in, in the language they call it parry, which is fairy, P instead of F. And mm-hmm. also jinn. There is a lot of jinn. Jinn, the creature that comes from uh, very well known and believed in, in, in Middle East. And people, they communicate with them all the time. And nobody laughs at them. That's well, you the know, kicker. My, my, when you talk about it, is, nobody laughs at you.
1: My, my group has had some discussions over the years about the jinn. Yeah. And, I mean, we're not entirely sure exactly what they are, but we know they exist.
0: Yeah, in, in in Middle East, in the culture in Middle East, and especially among Muslims, they say God created man from the dirt, and He created Jin from the fire, so they are made from fire. And these are just folklore, right? People when talk about them, and they they see them at nights, so and there's a lot of stories.
1: It is folklore and Avalon and things like that, and you get into uh, you know King Arthur and. The Knights of the Round Table and the real story about that, but that, that could be that's going to be another conversation
0: too. So you see, uh, I I have to read this quote to you. It's from mm-hmm. Michael Tseriyan. We were talking about it about him before this uh, interview. It says, "Perhaps the greatest myth being purveyed is that myths are just myths." Mm-hmm. That's very true. Mm-hmm. They're not just myths. They came from somewhere. Exactly. People in people of the past, ancient people, they were not stupid
2: to see a shadow
0: at at night and and think that, oh, this is a creature. No, they lived in that amount of light they recognized and so on and so forth. Okay, Uh, did you cover everything you wanted to cover?
1: The last thing that I put into the email there I said was regarding Atlantis um my global group m- member said it's not just the Azores because I was thinking the, it just stopped at the Azores yeah, and that was the, yeah. I had forgotten about this part he said but also England and Ireland are remnants of Atlantis um and I actually I found that um uh, In one of the books, I was uh, sitting on my couch earlier this evening and digging through all of my books looking for the Atlantis material. And I stumbled across that very quote that he pulled out of that book. And it's it's Chris's first book. And it says, the remaining two outcrops of Atlantis, Britain and Ireland, have always been at the forefront of human development and planetary consciousness. And I have actually found that in the book. To, to read over because uh, Chris does go out and go forward and say that he's not being written as the best place in the world. And because I live here, it was no, this is a major energy intake of the planet. Okay. So that pretty much, I think that pretty much covers everything. Like I said, my, my global group will catch me on things that I might screw up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have done a great job so far, and I'm sure it will be. Fantastic.
1: Um, And on that note, um, in our discussions back and forth and in the emails, um, you wanted to discuss Atlantis. Yes. It is a very, very large topic, and there are pieces of it in six books that I'm looking at right now. And I can read from the books. I can give you the bits and pieces that are in the books if you would like.
0: Let's first... Give us a 30,000 feet (laughs) overview or just a bird view of, okay, when did Atlantis started? How did it get into the uh, culture almost everywhere on the planet? And uh, give us some information you know that Chris believes that is true. And let's get into this discussion and uh, let's see where it leads us.
1: You were talking about when Atlantis started.
0: When, when we started, you know, knowing about Atlantis, who told us there was an Atlantis? It seems like uh, officially Plato wrote about Atlantis. Nobody knew about it before. Is that true? It, wasn't it true? How we know there was an Atlantis?
1: There are ancient texts that uh, mention it. Okay, a A lot has been lost just to human movement and possibly outright destruction of, of documents of, of its existence. It seems to be in the human collective that we have a memory of it because most of us were there. Uh, there are some people that Chris encountered that uh, had, a, had bad memories about Atlantis because there were, some, there were some pretty ugly things that took place on Atlantis. So it's in the collective memory. Some It's stronger in some people than others. But we've, we've kind of always known that it was there. Uh, and there have mm-hmm. been texts. There have been people that have mentioned that have been texts. If, if Plato wrote about it, um, that's something that I honestly don't remember. I'm kind of embarrassed yeah. to say that. But um, as, far, as far as when it...
0: If you base everything on the birth of Christ 2022 years ago, when did Atlantis exist based on before Christ?
1: It says 85,000 years ago, Atlantis was established. So 85,000 years ago from when he was writing this, I guess it would have been in uh, 2010 or 2011, 85,000 years ago. And then 65,000 years ago, Atlantis was destroyed. Oh, so there was
0: a 20,000 years of existence of Atlantis. Yes. 20,000 so, years. Okay. 20,000 okay. years, yeah. And our civilization, based on accepted archaeology, is what, 12,000?
1: i entirely sure of. I would, I would have
0: to. No, know they, this they is basically, written. they go against, yeah, you hear always, they said, no, the world was not uh, created 6,000 years ago, which comes from the Bible, right? The, the, 6,000 uh, 6, years yeah, almost 6,000 years, 5,781 or 82, whatever the Jewish calendar says. So we yeah. believe that that's when the war, God created the the world and, and life on it. My point is, if Atlantis uh, existed for 20,000 years, where are we in our advancements uh, after 10,000 years of civilization? Is this something that we can compare or Atlantis was completely different?
1: We were completely different.
0: Good point. We
1: are still very subhuman in comparison to how we were on Atlantis. Of course, as I stated before, I think in one of the other two podcasts, we had no sex. Um, mm-hmm. When we came down to the yeah. planet, we covered ourselves in the earth. Uh, there were no children. We had all of our abilities intact. But even then, we just, we knew that there was an issue as far as losing uh, telepathic abilities and things like that we knew something was wrong i mean we we knew something was wrong we just didn't know what it was back then and then of course once the bacteria got loose we pretty much stopped paying attention to that and were concerned with the bacteria and then had to sink it and then there was also the other issue of uh, outrageous experimentation that was taking place
0: in atlantis
1: yeah out, there were some really outrageous things that were taking place because we were we were just seeing what we could do with with human bodies. And yes. there was a lot of really really ugly things that took place and that's where some of the people have the, the bad memories when if they do and if they're psychic they would remember them if they go through hypnosis they may have memories of it and some of it is not. It's some of it's really, really bad. It's really bad.
0: So Atlantis existed 85, established 85,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And what, how do we know what we know about Atlantis? And also, you mentioned uh, it's possibly or very likely, according to what Chris says, where we have today uh, UK and Ireland or rather England and Ireland so mm-hmm. and uh, so, but almost we know what was the area for that how do we know what we know about Atlantis books or uh, how, how we got access to this information
1: uh, well like I said before uh, collective consciousness puts it in into our memories as far as uh, DNA since most of us were there um, uh, the, the junk DNA that the scientists talk about in our bodies are yes. actually that's past life memory. Uh, we're, supposed to, <laughs> we're supposed to have uh, 13 strands of DNA. Um, I've read reports of some of them rolling out of the UK where there have been some children that have been born in the UK that had three or four strands of DNA. We have the ability to reconstruct our DNA, but we're going to have to have a little bit more soul energy in our bodies in order to reconstruct all of that. There's so much that has to take place before that happens.
0: So the fall of Atlantis was followed by the fall of humanity, as I'm hearing from you.
1: We In a way, the right? Most of, the, most of us left the planet, and we were gone for quite a while. Because there was so much damage, and that gets us back to another thing that we were talking about uh, with the destruction of Atlantis, because I said that, they, it, that she was rocked on her equatorial a- a- axis, and I was yes. wrong about that.
2: Yes.
1: She was, she was ro- rocked on her polar axis. That's where she got her tilt from. The equatorial um, rocking that she took, that was, that was when the, the dinosaurs were destroyed. Okay. I was, re- mm-hmm. I was reading about that earlier, so that's another correction too. But we have a collective memory of Atlantis in okay. our DNA because we were all there. Some of us remember, some of us don't. At least uh, in this lifetime, I've always heard about Atlantis. Everybody's been talking yeah. about it one mm-hmm. way or another. Most of it is speculation simply because of the fact that we had to sink Atlantis almost completely, except for the outcroppings that are left with the Azores and Britain and Ireland. We had to. And there's really nothing left. I mean, even if you could get down, if you could get a camera or a submersible down into the Atlantic Trench, you're not going to see anything. It's not like there are pieces of Atlantis or structures or whatever that are left on the ocean floor, they're just not Mm -hmm. there. So it's left to speculation, besides what Plato wrote or any other ancient documents that came out that mentioned Atlantis. I remember years ago them talking about they were thinking that parts of Atlantis were the in, in the Mediterranean Sea and that the Mediterranean Sea didn't exist until Atlantis had been there and it was sank and that's Good what part water came in.
2: I've
1: read some strange things about that but it's it's pure speculation. What Chris Thomas provides is what's written in the Akashic and I would trust what he tells what's in the Akashic than I would anybody else. Um, yes. Like I said Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm going to have to get a hold of that book that you, you sent me of uh, Michael Tessarians because I have, yeah. heard of, have heard of him and I'm, I'm interested in looking at that. I, I'm sorry that I missed that. but um,
0: No, well, it's very much along the same lines that Chris talks. Michael also talks about uh, two subjects, which is Atlanteans, Atlantis and aliens and the uh, effect of that on human life. And human advancement and where we are today. That's what he basically discusses in his book.
1: Should be an interesting read. I know yeah. Chris, um, Chris has said in his books that it was uh, paradise on earth when it was the, the best of times when we got there. So it was a paradise until it spun completely out of control and then turned into a nightmare.
0: Wow. So, uh, Was Atlantis, based on what we know, uh, the only, by by today's terms, country on earth or people lived in different areas and Atlantis was ruling over them? Was Atlantis something like the United States of uh, 21st century compared to all other countries? What was the status of Atlantis? Do we know anything?
1: It was just a continent that we did a lot of experimentation on. A continent. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't rule over anybody. It was oh. just we were coming to the planet. We were, you know, in physical form and experimenting. There, there's. I've read some things about that where they said that Atlantis was brutal and it was. Uh, going after people and trying to rule o- rule over the planet no no it was just a continent for for experimentation and like chris said it was it was you know paradise on earth at the time
0: okay and it was a continent that 's important to remember that it was a continent and eighty five thousand years ago i 'm not good at. You. At uh, geology, but um, I don't know were the were the continents at the same places that they are today, or they were just disjointed, or in different forms. And uh, obviously, because we sank Atlantis, we must have affected some other changes in terms of how the how the continents are today. There
1: was a lot of destruction, but there's actually there's there's pictures in several pictures in the books of where Atlantis was. And it was it was very large. Uh, South America at one time was not connected to Central America. It, It was moved more to the left and there's also something in one of the books too about there are some people out there that have mentioned that there was one continent on the planet and it all broke apart something about panacea
0: mm-hmm.
1: pan- tectonic yeah pan- pangea panacea something yeah. like that yeah no that that's that's not even record- that's not even in the akashic there's there's no such thing um he clearly states in the books that most of the continents where they are now is where they always have been with the exception of Atlantis being in the Atlantic ocean and then having to be sunk and then South America being somewhat to the left of central America and not attached. Okay. And also that, that very same picture too. I was looking up where, uh, Lumeria was and Mm -hmm. Lumeria was attached to the tail end of South America. When it, was, oh. when it was in existence. So it, it was attached to it. I was thinking it was attached to, to Antarctica, but no, I, when I looked at the picture again, it was attached to the very tail end on the right hand side of um,
0: South America. So, South America, where today is, uh, what do we have there? Um, Chile, uh,
1: Chile is the the long uh, country that's on the left hand side of it that uh, goes all the way down to an- the the coldest part close to Antarctica. I don't know about where all of the other ones are. I know Colombia is to is at the I very think top of the, to the that's left. That's the and,
0: end of South America. Chile is at the end of South America.
1: The very that. the very tail end of of South America has got a little hook to it, um, and ch- Chile runs along the 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 um the western border it's it's a long skinny country and it goes all the way down to to the antarctica area
0: that's right but, yes
1: but yes. Lumeria, well, Lumeria was attached Lemeria was at, was attached to the other side of it that where the hook is down at the bottom it was had it was attached there at the bottom when it was when it existed
0: oh yes. It yes 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 uh, i'm I'm looking at the map, and it makes sense. and And if you look at the world map between uh, Europe and United States, North Atlantic Ocean. That's where Atlantis was, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, this is fascinating because you could, yeah, you could see that. And also, in some texts, they call it High Brazil as well. and many different names, right? I've never heard that term before, High Brazil. High Brazil. I have a list of names. It has been called Antela, Amenti, Arul, Atala, Agartha, Shangri La. You probably have heard of Shangri La. And Hyperborea, Tula, and then High Brazil, among many other names that they call it in different cultures. So the point about- is. The names for Atlantis? The name for Atlantis, yeah. Every culture, like you said, we know in our collective memory that there was a land. And every culture knows that with a different name. Many different names. And what I mentioned are names in different cultures.
1: I've heard a few of those names. The Amenti sounds familiar. Uh, Hyperborea sounds familiar. Yeah. And there was a third one that you mentioned that I'd heard before. Shangri La. Shangri La, I've heard that before. Tula. Uh, I, always Shangri-La, yeah. I, I, I always thought Shangri La. I
0: always thought Shangri La was more tied to um, East and Orient and Tibet.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, I can't. say, The Lost Horizon, the old movie, Lost Horizon. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, <laughs> yes. Xanadu. It, this Xanadu. is so. This is so amazing you mentioned that because I watched it a few days ago.
1: Oh, Lost Horizon? I haven't lost seen that Horizon. Many years.
0: I watched <laughs> the original one from, I don't know, 1940, mm-hmm. I believe. Not the 70s with Michael York, the older one. And yeah, they, they went to that lost city of Shangri-La. They call it lost city of Shangri-La. Basically, they say all these names are pointing to the same place, which was Atlantis, for humanity so what do we know about Atlantis uh, they, they had an advanced science there was it all science similar to the science we see today or they were more in tune with with earth the nature and what kind of achievement are we talking about when we say there was an advanced civilization in Atlantis
1: There was a lot of, like I said, there was a lot of experimentation with body types. I told you about the bacteria that had been worked on that was slated to go to another planet. Some of it was just enjoying being physical. It was just the existence of being physical. Because most of the ones, I mean, there were semi-physical races here, but most of us were the non-physical races and we were just here to... Enjoy and experiment and, and be physical. It was just a, a joy to be here.
0: Yes, experiencing life in as a far as, body. Yes. body.
1: As far as the stories that I've heard about fancy structures and advanced culture and there, there's too much of modern society that has been overlapped.
0: Yeah, pop culture after, probably, yes.
1: Yeah, way too much pop culture, way too mm-hmm. much of, of, of modern, what, mod- what modern man's idea of what Atlantis should be, and it's not even close. And there's a, there's a lot of a breakdown in these seven books because he's, he's got bits and pieces and descriptions of Atlantis that are, they're in pieces, He doesn't do a book on Atlantis. He's got Atlantis written in, woven into the other information in all of his Mm -hmm. books. So when I read to you, I'm going to have to piecemeal it because Mm -hmm. there's some in this book and there's some in that book and there's some in this book. Because the thing about Chris's books is that they are a journey. They are not Uh only a journey of information for anybody that he shares them with, but they were his journey. Because you can tell by reading his very first book. And reading his very last book and then on to his essays and his blog posts and things like that, he goes through this journey of digging this information out of the Akashic. And you see the information grow and extend and you get a bigger picture. And it's it's a giant puzzle piece. All the books are a giant puzzle piece. You cannot read one of his books and get the entire idea of what he's trying Uh to give to you. Yeah. You have to read all of them. And it's really sad that none of them are permanently out of print, which is why I'm here. I can read
0: yes. to you. Yes. yes, we have to make sure to, uh, to preserve this knowledge by having you on this and talking about these things. So do you have something to read from for us?
1: I am right now in chapter one of his very first book, the book that's called The Journey Home. This was printed... This was printed in 1998. This was his Mm -hmm. very, very first book. And this was his first attempt to put pen to paper with information that he was cleaning from the Akashic. So in chapter one, it's called The Recent Past. And there is a section heading down at the bottom that says the heart chakra. The planet has always functioned in much the same way as the human body. It is composed of and is maintained by the free flow of energy through its chakras and meridians, just like human beings. Yeah. The existing chakras and meridians, or ley lines, have served their purpose well during the whole period of human and planetary history between Atlantis and the present. However, to accommodate mankind's transition, a new, more powerful system is required. The existing ley line and chakra system was put into place in the early days of the Atlantis period, and was modified at the end of Atlantis to accommodate the sinking of that continent. The effects of the grid has varied over the intervening centuries as man's consciousness has ebbed and flowed to the dictates of world events and humanity's needs. The draw on this freely available energy has reduced as mankind's levels of consciousness reduced and minimized their interaction with the planetary consciousness. The seven global chakras provided energy frequencies that reflected the energy requirements of the physical body until such time that mankind was ready to change. However, in order to reflect humanity's current change of consciousness, a new ley line grid and new chakra centers are required. The new chakras were put into place a little over 20,000 years ago when recent human history began. However, they were not activated at that time as human chakras were not able to accommodate the higher frequency levels. As our 20,000-year plan is nearing its completion and human consciousness is changing, a new energy is needed to help the transition process. Approximately 50 years ago, a new ley line grid system was begun, which overlaid and interacted with the existing ley line grid and connected the soon-to-be activated chakras. This work was carried out by a small number of humans and would currently be described as angel helpers. Angel helpers, what he's referring to there is the small number of humans were probably out of human form and in their normal uh, non-human form. Uh-huh The new grid was very carefully constructed to interact with the old grid to provide a new energy source for both the planetary consciousness and for people. The remaining two outcrops of Atlantis. Britain and Ireland have always been at the forefront of human development and planetary consciousness. There's the quote from my global member. Given this history and connection, the new grid and heart chakra is centered on Britain. This is not jingoism, nor any attempt at reestablishing Britain's global influence, but a quietly stated fact of the human of the history of human consciousness. The inhabitants of Great Britain are no more and no less than a part of humanity's whole and have chosen their land of residence as a higher consciousness decision to be part of humanity's current change. This goes into the 13 global chakras, Avalon, that pretty
0: much covers the first Okay. T- touching on it. Is Avalon the same as Atlantis? No. It's not. Avalon, no, Avalon, Avalon comes Avalon, in the legend of King Arthur, no? Um, About Avalon,
1: to many the realms of Avalon have belonged in the if only category and forms a part of a distant memory that cannot quite be taken hold of. The realms of Avalon were removed to a place of safekeeping over 900 years ago as man's destiny changed and Christianity's influence began to overlay the ways of the land. Avalon's influence was removed with extreme reluctance. And I have to follow this up. The reason that uh, the Avalon was removed, uh, a- Avalon was shut, the, the bridged Avalon was shut off by Merlin um, for reasons that we'll get into at a later time.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But, um, yeah, it was shut down nine years ago as man's destiny changed and Christianity's influence began to overlay the ways of the land. Avalon's influence was removed with extreme reluctance. Humanity was beginning to enter a new phase of experience and experimentation, and if the energies and peoples of Avalon remained as part of the changing human consciousness, their love and energy would have been abused and eventually destroyed. By taking Avalon out of human grasp and altering perceptions, they could be saved until such time as man was once again ready to accept the lives of the little people as a safe reality. Human awareness and levels of consciousness have altered so dramatically over the last 30 years that it has been possible to consider bringing Avalon back into the physical dimensions. (laughs) They've probably backed away after all of this mess that's going on now.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Anyway, the little people... That remained within human spheres have always worked with the planetary consciousness, maintaining our world as close to a physical paradise as human activities would allow. However, they have tended to hide themselves away as they have a deep-seated and justifiable mistrust of human motives and human activities. Despite this mistrust, they have continued their work with great love and humor and have taken great delight in interacting with people who have been aware of their presence. Due to the work of a growing number of people, of acceptance and working with the little people it was felt that it was possible to begin forging stronger links between people and the fairy folk in order for these links to develop and strengthen the influence and energies of avalon needed to be reconnected directly with the human physical dimensions on august 16th 1996 the first bridge between the two worlds was made this bridge is not permanent Trust needs to be redeveloped before Avalon accepts its true role in planetary and human affairs. Nevertheless, the link has been forged, and Avalon's influence is amongst us once more, and the magic that is Avalon can once again enhance all of human activity. It is now up to all of humanity to show Avalon that its trust is warranted before a permanent link can be established. They're basically talking about the world that housed the fairy, the she, um, uh-huh. unicorns, dragons. And yes. everything in myth legend.
2: Yes. So
0: well, that's that's Avalon.
1: That's Avalon. Avalon, that's Avalon. is the, is is the world of the fairy folk and everything that comes along with it.
0: Yes, it seems to be a land like that, and it's not uh, the same as Atlantis. It's definitely different. But you said a few things that I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you mm-hmm. uh, if you don't mind. So you said. Oh, no, go ahead. Meridian and Ley Lines. What they are? Yeah.
1: They're grid lines across the planet. There are grid lines all the way across the planet that um, that feed energy. They're, they're energy lines. They're all yeah. over the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, where exactly? I'm not. I know it's a grid pattern across the planet. And then, of course, the heart chakra is the one that's up in up in Britain. Okay, here we have.
0: Um, and where are the other chakras? You said seven global chakras. Do we know where they located at?
1: That's what I was getting. Right. That's what I was oh, getting good. to. Okay. I was look. I was. I'm. I'm scanning it right now. August fourteenth, nineteen ninety. August fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. That's that's the same day that uh, the um, bridge was reconnected to Avalon, and it says in a remote valley in North Devon. I guess it's in the UK. The final connection to the new heart chakra was made, and the new leyline grid activated. There was an activation of energy in 1996 in anticipation of us finishing our human plan by 122112, 12, and we were getting extra energy to help us with help us along.
2: Oh, with our a great, plan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: a great deal of preparation work was carried out by a small group of people over a long period of time in order that this connection could be made. Most of the people involved in this work were unaware of the final purpose of their efforts but all had an overwhelming sense that their work must be done and is a clear indication that each individual, whether working alone or collectively, can make a very real contribution and a very real difference. The exact location of the chakra is unimportant, talking about the one up in Britain, Uh but but, but the energy contained within it is a far greater strength, a range of frequencies and has been available at any time during mankind's history. All people can draw upon this energy either for themselves or for their work with the planetary cleansing. For the technically interested, the frequency range is from 8 hertz to 53 with 369 12 with 12 zeros after it 53 Trillion gazillion Hertz (laughs) is truly a limitless source. The switching on of the heart chakra and the term heart is used in the sense that it is the primary energy source that pumps and feeds energy into the new grid and chakra system and does not correlate to the human heart chakra. Had two effects at the time of activation. Firstly, the switching on of the new grid and the other 12 global chakras and the 39 lesser chakras, and secondly, to emit a low-frequency pulse of energy that reactivated some of the so-called junk DNA contained within the human body cells. In fact, when this connection was made and all of this energy was sent in, it sent a pulse to every human on the planet that basically said, wakey, wakey.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love this conversation because it makes sense to me. It does make sense. It
1: goes goes on to say the DNA Mm -hmm. is the primary human memory system. And reactivating this section of the DNA brought about the beginning of mankind's final reawakening. Like I said, wakey-wakey. The 13 global chakras are located as listed below. They are not given in any particular order, nor do they relate to human chakras, but are major energy centers on the new global grid. Uh Devin being the first one in Great Britain. Constantine, Algeria. Uh, I guess it's pronounced Wan, Wan Central African Republic. Okay. Cal- Calveria in South Africa. Kanpur in Kanpur, Kanpur, India. Perun, Russia. Ust-Nera in Russia. Tainan in China. Katapang in Borea, Borneo. Quilpy, Kilpy, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. yes, is in Australia. Kamloops, Canada. Leon, Mexico. And Lake Titicaca in Peru.
2: Pre-
1: Titicaca, I'm, pr- I'm pronouncing it wrong. In Peru is also going to come up in future discussions about that being uh, an energy center and how it's been used that's, that's going to come up in, in future discussions
0: yeah it comes up in <coughs> many conversations like this so that that was 13 uh, global chakras okay 13 are they how are they located on the planet if you look at the planet if lo- look at the world map are they all along the same line or distributed have you ever looked at it on the map uh, where you can place them
1: well, Chris has never provided a map uh, of where the, the, the chakra, the global chakra centers are. He only provided a map of, uh, of Avalon. I've never actually gotten a world map. We can, and- we can
0: just put those, yeah, we can put just pins on the map and, and see. And there, So there is nothing in North America. Yeah. No. What does that mean? what what's the meaning of well yeah in in
1: north america there's one in kamloops there's one in canada i mean there is north oh yes
0: yes you you mentioned that there is one in canada so Mm -hmm. what does that mean what's the significance of a place where one of these chakras is located there
2: their
1: energy takes intake centers it's it's chakras for mother earth uh, like the human body has chakras it's it's energy centers
0: And people who reside in these areas feeling something different or um, I guess what I'm trying to understand is what's the difference between areas that are not these on these chakras and what's the difference between it just the level of energy frequency what's the difference?
1: I know that they're just major energy centers uh, just, just judging by what Chris's material says um (laughs) <laughs> I, I was just curious. I, I, I
0: don't. Yeah, I, I understand. It, it ends up being, what's the difference between, uh, uh, you know, your hand and your head, something like that. Hey, they have different applications. You use them for different things. But I was wondering whether living in areas like that has benefits for people live there. They have better consciousness. They are more conscious than the rest of us.
1: I would imagine. Yeah. That And and you're going to find this in every country on the planet, that there are First Nation peoples. And probably the First Nation peoples are going to be close to these energy centers because they understand what they are and what they can do for humanity. Um, It's it's energy for the planet, energy for us. Uh, Our chakras connect into Mother Earth. We have chakras. It's all about energy. The basis of life is, is, is energy. Of course, it's,
0: of course. You know, and it's not solar. just energy for us to drive our cars or, you know, power or electricity or anything like that. This energy has other applications, correct?
1: Well, if you make a comparison to electricity or yeah. driving cars, which is combustion engines and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that, that has no comparison whatsoever. Okay. Um, the, the, the energy... These energy centers on um, on Mother Earth, they're they're part of her. I mean, they're they're her energy centers, and she's a very powerful soul. And then we have our own energy centers in our
0: bodies. And so, and what's the connection here with uh, ley lines, meridians, chakras, and Atlantis? What was Atlantis before its destruction? In terms of chakras.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I don't recall running across anything about Atlantis having a chakra on it. Um okay. I'd have to dig, dig deeper into the into the books about that one. I don't recall read. Um with my global group members listening to this if any of them know there was a chakra system It states here that the existing ley line and chakra system was put into place in the early days of Atlant- of the Atlantis period.
0: Oh, yes, you're right. I, I missed that.
1: Yeah. I don't don't know that there was an actual chakra on Atlantis. I don't recall reading that. Of course, you know one of my global members can probably find that or, or correct me on that one. But the seven global chakra centers that you're talking about—that was the original. That was the original original grid line that was laid during the Atlantis period. Because you were see. asking me about yeah. the seven global chakras. That was during Atlantis. The 13 was during 1996. As, as far as the – the it says in a remote valley of North Devon, the final connection to the new heart chakra was made in yes. a new ley line grid activated. A great deal of preparation work was carried out by a small group of people over a long period of time in order for this connection that could be made. Most of the people involved in the work were unaware of the final purpose of their efforts, but they all had an overwhelming sense that their work must be done. is in uh, a clear indication for each individual whether working alone or collectively can make a very real contribution and real difference. So it was a group of people back in 1996 that were making preparations for it and small group of people may not have been totally aware of what the final purpose of their work was exactly just they, what they, they knew they, they had yeah. to do something mm-hmm. yeah
0: so. so the memory of atlantis we all collectively have that memory and we know that atlantis existed there there are mentions of atlantis in different uh, old books and records of the past We know Plato for sure wrote something about it. And we know where the United Kingdom is today. And Ireland is part of the remnants of that uh, continent. That's what we know about Atlantis. And then we know that it sank by people, its own people, because of the virus or the microbe they had there. And that was the result of their experiments on on humans, on on bodies, and perhaps by today's standards, unethical ba- stuff was going on, or what was going on?
1: The bacteria that got loose really didn't bacteria. have anything to do with the with the experimentation.
0: Oh, that, okay.
1: that was a, that was a completely different issue. The experimentation that was taking place that was uh, working on body types and. There were those that were working with animals, and they wanted to show that they were working with a particular animal, and so they would change their they would do something to change their skin to look like the animals they were working with. And what the problem turned out to be was mixing human and animal genes turned some of the Mm -hmm. people in Atlantis into predators. So that was a bad thing. (laughs) But as far as the bacteria got loose, that was. That was something else. That was um, some people that were working on the bacteria and getting ready to uh, prepare it for another planet, and it got loose, and they didn't realize it got loose, and that that's that's a separate issue from from the
0: experimentation. But that's what triggered the destruction of Atlantis.
1: Yes, the bacteria got loose. Yeah, that so was when now- I told you about how it could destroy a human body.
0: Yes. Yes, so it, it, it's coming together. I want to tell our listeners that you and I, we have to go back and forth. Look at this. Uh, you look at the resources you have. You look at the books. I ask you questions from my resources. We discuss this at the end. We want to come to some kind of conclusion. And also what I like to do is connect it to today's world that we live are elements from Atlantis, Those who did human experiments on human body, mixing humans with other animals or whatever they did. I feel like we see some of those things happening today. I feel like this obsession with human body, improving human body. Now they're talking about fusing our physical identity with digital identity, with biological identity. You know, all these things that comes out. Do you see a correlation? Do you see we're repeating what we did in Atlantis today? Are, they a race of, are there a race of Atlanteans that living today?
1: Well, my global group has been discussing this at great length for quite a while. I think there's two angles to this. Mm-hmm. I think the first angle is we are working out the memories of Atlantis and the things that took place there. I think that's one angle. We have the memories of it, even if it's not conscious to us in our day-to-day lives, because day-to-day minutiae can pretty much ruin everything. The second yeah. angle, I think, has to do with the Velon influence.
0: Yes, they are because, the ones, aren't they?
1: You, well, this transhumanism thing... Some of it is born out of some of the crazy channelings that the Vilon have done to the psychics and the mediums, uh, telling them they're, that we're going to rise to the fifth dimension and in order to evolve to the fifth dimension, we have to be taken off the planet and all, all manner of just absolute crazy crap going through channels. And apparently, there's a whole lot of mediums out there and a whole lot of channel workers that don't stop and think about the garbage that they're being fed. But anyway, but the VLON desperately wanted us to believe in the fantasy story that they created and deposited in our 5,000 year past. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And when we didn't, then they had to think about something else. Um, Even though the vernacular is out there like with the ancient aliens nonsense on, on History Channel. As yeah. far as what's going on with w- what they're trying to do to human bodies, particularly with these vaccines and what they're finding in the vaccines with the, the graphene ox- oxide. Oh,
0: God, yes, yes.
1: And the, um, they have found like hydra-like creatures inside of the, the vaccines. Yeah, micro rollers and
0: creatures, yes. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: That's why I say that, that this issue that's going on as far as the human body and the transhumanist nonsense is a two-pronged attack. It's, it's us working out the Atlantis memories, and then the other is the v influence with those mm. that run the planet. Because that, once you get up to the, the, the 33rd level of the, the Masons, that's where you get into the people up there up high – that are introduced into the Anunnaki story and the Anunnaki are our gods and all of this other, non- other nonsense.
0: Uh huh.
1: And those at the very top levels of the Masons that believe in the Lucifer, Valus, Black Sun. Uh, one of my other global members happened to point out to me that uh, when, when Valus had taken over Adam, Adam Vesopt. He did announce himself as Lucifer, but there were parts in there about how he also liked to be referred to as the name Spartacus. That's also in the Oh, data.
0: wow. Spartacus. So, yeah. Nothing less than a Spartacus. Okay.
1: And the v desperately wanted everybody on the planet to believe that they were our creators and we would embrace them whenever they showed up. And it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. And... Like I said my global group has been in discussions for years about this about what's going on and what the velon are up to and how many are left there, there shouldn't be very many left because most of them have been removed um, we could very well be dealing with the the global leaders on this planet and the velon are indeed gone there are two of my members that uh, have the feeling that they're they're no longer here uh, we have no really we have no way of knowing without Chris and his access to the Akashic. Yes. But several of my members have got some pretty strong abilities. And two of them are adamant that the Velon are gone. Um, so, and I'm kind of sitting on the fence myself. You know, sometimes I feel like what's going on is, is all Velon directed. And then there's another part of me that says, you know what? The way this thing is going about and how it's such a big fat mess maybe the velon are on and it's just the world leaders that are doing this but they're still trying to carry out what the velon wanted to do using velon technology i'm not ins- I'm not exactly sure i'm still sitting on the fence with this one but technology we've got technology from the grays we've got technology from the velon um, yes, mm-hmm. we may possibly have technology from from the Pleiadians or, or from the Syrians. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if they've ever shared, but I know that all of them have been in contact with our government. So there is technology that has been shared with the government. So there's no doubt about that. So that being said, uh, say for my two global members that, yes, OK, the Velon are gone. We still have people running this planet that are using Velon technology.
2: Yes, the, and
1: they want to bring about the the the, Do- the Georgia Guidestones, and they want you know mm-hmm. the population to be re- to be reduced to the five hundred million, so that they themselves can have the planet for themselves. And they have convinced people that transhumanism is the way to go, and ultimately that would be the destruction of the human body, because I don't think there is a non-human soul or any other soul that. Like there are some semi-physical that are in human form. I don't think that they want to be encased in some kind of robotic body.
0: I don't <laughs> yes, think, some kind of I android-like data in Star Trek. Yeah,
1: That is totally not what we are trying to accomplish because we as human beings, even though right now most of us are subhuman, there have been some that have already reintegrated. I'd have to dig in the books. But there are several million that have already reintegrated. There is a group in America and there is a group in Europe. They're waiting for us. They're waiting for the rest of us to get and join them. So the human plan has already come to a conclusion for those people. They've already reintegrated. The first ones that reintegrated were in 2003. There was just was less than 100 of them. We have the ability to do what we need to do, but we're being so distracted either by line that are still left here or if they're gone, the powers that be that are running the planet with Elon technology. I'm not sure which.
0: And what is it that we need to do to integrate? And that
1: is that is what the 60, are the obstacles
0: 000, or that's the main
1: obstacles? Four thousand dollar question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: The main obstacle is ourselves. We have the ability to deal with our crap. And get rid of our crap and clean our systems and reintegrate. But so many people don't want to deal. They do not want to deal with their crap. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to
0: take responsibility. Yeah.
1: Take responsibility. There you have it. Taking responsibility for your own shit is the hardest thing in the world because nobody wants to admit that they have screwed up anything. I will tell you right now, I'm embarrassed. I can tell you when I woke up, I woke up in 2011. I'd been on an antidepressant for 21 years. And that's one of the things that probably screwed up my system. And it also gave me a heart arrhythmia. But I remember 2011, is when it started for me. Because I'll tell you something that my higher self started doing for me and still does it to this day. This is probably something that might freak out some of your listeners. But one of the things that started happening to me in 2011, which was the actual end of the human plan in October of 2011 before we got to our second deadline in December of, of 2012. I started getting the feeling that I needed to come off of that antidepressant and that's exactly what i did in fact i weaned myself off of it very very slowly throughout all of
0: 2011
1: good for you and i just happened to completely wean myself off of it in october of 2011 which coincides with the end of the human plan so i finally woke up and i had one year and didn't do it but my higher self has not abandoned me it works with me every day i talk to it every day and one of the things that it got my attention was that it kept flashing numbers on clocks everywhere I went, and it started out with one, two, three, four, over and over and over again everywhere I went, every day. It happened wow. constantly. Then the 11s started to show up. I can look at the clock and I can see three 11, four 11, five 11. It happens oh to me every God. single day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That went on. For just about an entire year and like to have driven me crazy. And I started looking for information. And that's one of the things that led me to Chris Thomas's material is because I started getting flashed one, two, three, four on the clock all the time in 2011. And it was freaking me out. Now, I was Mm always I still had a little bit of spirituality to me because I had been in yoga for several years. So I knew about chakras. I knew about meditation. I knew about the higher self. But I didn't really know anything about Christmas material. But when the clock started talking to me at one, two, three, four all the time, and then or 3.34 or 4.34 or 7.34 or 6.34 or then 4.11 or 7.11 or 8.11, and it was flashing in my face every single day for an entire year, you will pay attention to your higher self.
0: Definitely. That's astonishing. Yes.
1: And it still happens to this day.
0: And, you know, numbers, they have very deep meanings with them.
2: Numerology
1: is a very fascinating Numerology
0: thing. is huge. Yeah. Yes. I
1: don't quite wrap my head around all of it, but mm-hmm. I do find it fascinating.
0: It is fascinating. Numbers... Uh, express facts, emotions. Yes, that's that's extremely important.
1: I really do. I wish I had a, ni- a, a, a mind for numbers. I have a cousin that is like a human calculator and I can't even, I can't add two plus two without my
2: phone.
0: <laughs> Jewish tradition in Hebrew, uh, we have, for every letter, we assign a number. Okay? And yeah. Based on that, when you, when they write your name in Hebrew, names are very important. The name is given to you by the Creator. So, He decided what your name is going to be. Even in the Bible, you see it says, I knew you uh, before you were conceived in your mother's womb. You know, things like that. So name is very important. If they write down your name in Hebrew and then add up, they give you a number and from there they can just go on and on and on and on and tell you about you. so wow. there, there is a lot of even you could say scientific. The problem is we try to make sure that we satisfy science, scientists, scientific stuff. A lot of what science is is not science. They change it. It's theories. It's uncertain. Let's just forget about science for a minute. They give you a lot of information based on your name and writing your name in Hebrew, adding up the numbers, and then based on that, they can tell you uh, a lot about you, your future, what you need to do, where you have come from, and and. And, you know, a good amount of information you can learn from that. So numbers are important, especially when numbers start flashing to your face, coming up different places. Wherever you go, you see, I don't know, number 18, 18. 18 is an important number in Hebrew. That means high, or life or number 23 or this number or that number. These are These are important. So th- the thing is, we get information from the environment we live in which Mm -hmm. is from the earth. That's very important to understand. We need to pay attention to what it's trying to tell us. And in order to understand that, we need to be conscious and pay attention. We look, but we don't see. We listen, but we don't hear. We don't perceive because we're not paying attention, majority of us. And well, we, we, live we, talk-
1: in a, we, we live in a world full of distraction.
0: Exactly. And I think a lot of it is on purpose. They create all these distractions. Hey, look at me here. Hey, look at me. To uh, not look at the reality and facts of life and what you should do, how you can live in harmony with, lo- uh, with earth, how, how you can have better life. It's not necessarily by accumulating wealth and money. Because you see a lot of people, they have that. They don't have health to enjoy and they're it. they're still miserable. Exactly. And they're miserable. Or you see people suffering from diseases that if you look at the root cause of that, so they shouldn't even be sick. Wrong lifestyles and so many different things. And us talking about Atlantis, it's fantastic. Not just because we talk about the legendary continent that existed, 80,000 years ago or anything like that. We try to use that and use that light for now and for future to understand how we should live today to create a better future and to stop these predators that come to our lives. They start talking about transhumanism. I'm going to make it throw a switch and you speak Chinese or a Spanish. I put a chip in your head and you can. You don't need your phone. We already have powers beyond all of this. Do you agree with oh, that? Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, this transhumanism nonsense, it, it completely and totally negates. I mean, if somebody follows through with something like that, it totally negates the whole reason why we're here.
0: Yes. Because the bo-
1: the bodies that we inhabit, they're perfect.
0: You nailed it. Yeah. They're perfect it. just
1: the way they are. And, and now that we have our answer and we know that the that the Mother Earth's frequency was too low for us, we have the ability to bring the rest of our soul into our bodies. We just have yet to do it. And I'm kind of of the opinion that there's going to have to be a lot more stuff worked out in our societies in order for us to do that. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at my clock and it's flashing at me 1034. <laughs> My higher self has a great sense of humor. Anyway, <laughs> the other thing that's taking place, and this is just what my higher self and my gut, which is basically the same thing, is telling me. With all of these shots, everybody's freaking out and uh, we're all going to die from COVID or there are people dropping dead from these vaccines. Mm-hmm. I see things differently just by virtue of knowing Chris's material. And we are talking about souls that are making choices. All of these people that are dying, they're making choices. They are leaving the planet because they want to.
0: That's just the way it is. Thank you. Yes. I mean,
1: I know it's horrific. I know it's terrible. People are freaking out
0: it's callous people it sounds done. callous yeah yeah
1: yeah it's it's awful i mean yeah. the, the 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 children are dying the athletes are dying uh, people are dying in hospitals and all these other these are souls making choices yes. they're moving on they may decide to stick around the planet and maybe be reborn in the future they may say, Oh, I'm kind of tired. I think I'm going to go off into the universe and go check You're out something my mind. Else for a Yes, little while. I'm
0: tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired out of I've this game enough. now.
1: <laughs> it's, it's been, we have been through the ringer. And Chris has stated that on several occasions in his interviews. We have been through
0: the ringer. We're tired. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Vic, this is fantastic. We have been going for. Again, eighty minutes sounds like <laughs> ten minutes for me, and <laughs> 10, ten minutes for me. That's you know that's what I've noticed. That's what people like when it's it's not how do you say that? It's not formulated conversation. It's not you reading from something or trying to sell uh, any ideas or products or goods anything to them, and. Once you listen to a conversation like this, it helps you to start getting your wheels turning and start thinking. And that's my hope that we all start thinking about, hey, maybe there is something beyond all this veil that is covered over my eyes and all I see is fake. And that's, that's all it is. All we see is just a setup for a movie or something.
1: It's definitely a manufactured mess.
0: It is a manufactured, yes, thank you. It is a manufactured mess. Okay. Do you have any last words?
1: Well, the only thing that I can say at this point is that we have uh, five more books to get through that has more Atlantis information.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll continue that. We have every Tuesday.
1: And uh, apologies to you because sometimes you have legitimate questions. And I don't have legitimate answers because as far as I see myself in this situation, I'm just a conduit. I am not the one who gleaned this information out of the Akashic.
0: Okay, uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I am very happy that occasionally I have legitimate questions. You have have great, you have pointed questions. It's better than 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 not having any legitimate questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. And
1: you I have very legitimate questions. I'm embarrassed that sometimes no. I just don't have an answer for you.
0: I apologize if I make you feel like that. I don't want you to feel like that. This is a conversation. We conduct that conversation. People listen to this and we all together find answers to that and try to grow by listening to these conversations. Well, the fact that my global group... Yeah, these are not uh, nonsense, wishful thinking. No, these are just honest conversations.
1: Well, uh, my global group group, uh, will be listening to these podcasts. And hopefully, when there comes up questions that you come up with that I don't have an answer to, maybe they can chime in with something or they can give an opinion of it. Um, Yes. Like I said, a lot of times, some of this information... Uh, me just giving this out to you and and the listening audience there are times that some of the information I know it's there I know he gave it to us but I don't really have any depth that I can follow it up with because it's not my information I'm just I'm just the mouthpiece at this point
0: aren't we all just the mouthpiece (laughs) Just, just, just a vocal <laughs> cords for somebody else to talk to us, I believe that applies to all of us. That applies to all of us. Yeah. Great. And I greatly appreciate that you accepted this invitation and uh, the fact that we will continue these conversations every Tuesday. And between now and next Tuesday, let's say another hundred emails back and forth to prepare for next Tuesday.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Okay. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Next week we continue our uh, talks about Atlantis and also digressing and going from this place to that place, this subject to that subject, hopefully. We will be going you deeper can make and deeper. Sense, <laughs> make sense of all these things. <laughs> okay. Thank you very you much.
1: Next. Talk to hmm? you next Tuesday.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Godspeed. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.